But if you would, uh, you want to turn to John chapter 18, verse 10. I'll be there in a second. John chapter 18, uh, verse 10. You know, there, there's a lot of seemingly trivial uh, instances recording in Scripture that often contain great lessons for our, those who are willing to, uh, you know, dig into it and learn from them. Uh, you know, Paul said, you know, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching and for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And so I want us to consider this following incident uh, just here quickly in, in the life of Jesus at his arrest. Um, and notice that some of these scriptures uh, about this in particular. Uh, first, first, I want to notice what Matthew said. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 51, uh, he wrote this. He said, And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Mark also records this account. He says in Mark 14, verses 47, But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Uh, Matthew and Mark are pretty similar uh, to what they say there. Uh, but we notice, you know, we don't know who did the cutting off of the ear. We don't know which ear was cut off. Uh, we don't know who this individual was that his ear was cut off. But when we read Luke's account, we get a little bit more information. Luke 22, verse 50 says, And one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. See, uh, Dr. Luke, he, you know, he's kind of interested in uh, some of the medical terminology. And he, he references that it was his right ear, uh, the slave of the high priest, that was cut off. But when you're in John chapter 18, verse 10, we get the full picture now. Look at what... John records here, he says, Simon Peter then, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear, and the slave's name was Malchus. You know, voila, right? As we, we get the full picture here, as we read all four accounts, that, that now we know who did the cutting, right? It was Peter who drew his sword. Uh, the, the high priest's slave's name was Malchus. It was his right ear. Again, we get the full picture when we take all of these scripture references and put them together. So what is the point? It's simply that, you know, when we study a scripture, we need to uh, take all that the Bible has to say about a particular subject in order to know the full truth that's being taught on this. You know, we, under we can understand this. If we wanted to, to know what the Bible teaches about marriage, we would go to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 19, Romans chapter 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Ephesians chapter 5. You know, we want to take all of those scriptures and put them side by side and learn from them. And the same thing is true with what the Bible has to say about salvation. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Uh, this will be the last place I'll have you turn to. But in Acts chapter 16 is the account, uh, starting in verse 25, of the Philippian jailer. Uh, notice with me, um, after uh, Paul and Silas have been arrested and they've been put into prison, in the inner prison, they've been fastened their feet to the stocks. In verse 25 it reads, But about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison house was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourselves, for we are all here. And he laughed, and he called for lights and rushed in. 
And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And, and notice verse 31. They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And there's so many in the religious world that will take that verse right there, verse 31, and they'll conclude right there. What must I do to be saved? And he says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And again, they they don't continue on to see what else happens right afterwards. Uh, Let's let's read the, the following few verses after that. Verse 32. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in the house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. And immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into his house and set the food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. We notice again that in verse 31, that when they were asked, or when he asked, what must I do to be saved? Peter tells, or excuse me, Paul tells them that they, he, need to, he needs to believe And then we see in verse 34, we see uh, that he has believed. Well, what happens in the middle? What happens in between those verses, verse 31 and verse 34? We notice in verse 32 that they heard the word of God. The the word of God was preached to them. And then verse 33, we're told that they got up and they were baptized. And we also notice that within these verses, we don't see anything as far as you know, repentance or confession on the part of the Philippian jailer. Uh, but we understand that, that the necessity of those scriptures, um, that we find those elsewhere. We learn those, those texts in other inspired scriptures. And so the point I want to make here this evening is remember Malchus's ear. Right? Remember his ear. When we're studying the Bible, we need to take... All the scriptures that apply to that certain situation. That we're not cherry-picking verses to our own advantage. Um, you know, this basic principle that, again, let, bring everything together and study what the Bible has to say about it. Because we could make the mistake of reading one or two texts on the subject of salvation and then erroneously concluding that they set forth everything we need to know to be saved. But, of course, we understand that the Bible says... Uh, that we are saved by God's grace. And we do that by hearing the word of God, Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, that we believe on Christ, we, that we believe that Christ is the son of God, that we repent of our sins. Jesus said, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. We confess faith in Christ and that we are baptized, just like the Philippian jailer in his household, that we are baptized uh, immersed in water for the forgiveness of our sins. And at that point, the Lord adds you uh, to his church. If this evening, if we can help anyone uh, within their walk with, with, with Christ, uh, if you need the prayers of this congregation, or maybe you're, you're ready to become a Christian, you're ready to become a child of God, and you're ready to be immersed in the water, just again, just like the Philippian jailer, just like every single account in the book of Acts, that, that resulted in baptism and then becoming a Christian. We would love that opportunity to help you this evening. As together we stand, sing this song of invitation.